Welcome to the Andy Mazo Show. Oh, hello? Uh, damn it, Bobby. Uh, my name is, uh, Hank. Uh, welcome to the, uh, I believe it's the Andy Mazo Show. Uh, Peggy, uh, said you can find him on, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, and a lot of other, uh, podcasts, uh, where they, uh, I, I believe they call it streaming, uh, they stream, uh, the Andy Mazo podcast, so, uh, without further ado, uh, before I introduce, uh, Andy Mazo, uh, I sell propane and propane accessories, uh, so if you're looking for propane or propane accessories, uh, look up Hank, uh, but let's just go ahead and, uh, let me introduce, uh, Andy Mazo. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, the Fat Cat on the Mic. Welcome to the Andy Mazo Show. Thanks, Hank, for the introduction. That was great. That was some good, good stuff over there by uh, Hank Hill. Thanks, buddy. We're going to have Hank on in another episode. But listen, we're going to go ahead, and today's show is going to be all about the polarizing story that's developing out of Chicago. The 2024 draft is coming around the Bears find themselves in a unique position, and I'm fairly sure I'm not. I got to do some research on this, but I'm not sure if there's another any team in NFL history that's had back-to-back first-round picks, and that's this year's 24 first-round pick. It was nothing short of genius by General Manager Ryan Poles for the Chicago Bears. Doing what he did with Carolina kind of fleeced them. DJ Moore. The Bears got DJ Moore out of this deal. Now we end up with the first round pick because they had the worst record in the league. We ended up with the 10th overall draft pick last year trading down. And you know, it kind of worked out. We got a, uh, we got a good offensive tackle, Darnell Wright. I give him an A minus last year, 60.6 PFF grade, six sacks allowed. I thought he was good. I thought he showed great durability and, um, you know, I, I he's a solid guy. I think this year he's going to be really solid. I think he's going to be a top top 15, top 20 lineman in the NFL. And that's really all you can ask for, right, in, in his second year. I thought first year he, he did well. He did well. So the Bears find themselves in a very unique position with, with current quarterback Justin Fields, right? So let's just go ahead and, and get into Justin Fields a little bit, okay? And what makes this so special is last year, the Bears decided they were going to go ahead and trade down to the 10th pick because they felt like Justin Fields maybe had turned the corner. You know, you kind of felt like he was the guy that wasn't doing very well, but the Bears hadn't set him up very good. Obviously, year two was a rebuild. First year was a disaster. And just, you know, he, he, he Justin Fields is one of those guys. He's got great splash plays. You know, I... And I also believe that Americans, NFL fans in general, have a love affair with running quarterbacks, right? You look at Michael Vick and and all the running quarterbacks, you know, Warren Moon and 
And, you know, well, I don't know if Warren Moon was a, was a great running quarterback, but he, he, you know, he had that profile and just, you know, it makes really, really good highlight reels, right? And that's kind of where Justin Fields was. He had some unbelievable miracle plays in the last two years where, you know, he escaped out of some stuff and you just, you just realized that, man, this guy has all the potential in the world. He really, really does. But then you go back and you look at his statistics and you're just like, mm, you know, did he turn the corner last year? No, he didn't. He didn't turn the corner at all. His 23 stats were 2,562 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 61.4% completion percentage, 657 rushing yards, four touchdowns, and 10 fumbles. That's the dagger, right? That's, you know, the 10 fumbles is like one of those deals where, you know, you know somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, Justin Fields is great, except for that time. That season, he fumbled 10 times, or except for, you know, he's a really good player. He's a, he's a good teammate, except for he can't win in the fourth quarter. You know, how many how many games did the Bears blow in the, in the second half of last season? It was, it was unbelievable, right? You just, you were not comfortable if Justin Fields had the ball in the fourth quarter. You weren't. You, at, at no point last year, did you say, holy cow, Justin Fields has the ball, three minutes left, we're going to win this game. It just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And, and, and really, when the season opened, the first, you know, the first three games were horrible. Only throwing three touchdowns with four interceptions and three straight losses. It was embarrassing if you're a Chicago Bears fan. You know what? And then he got injured, but then he, he kind of turned the corner. You know, the last last half of the season, Justin Fields kind of balled out. You know, it just gave you another glimpse of of what he can do. I mean, he's so magical. He's got great arm strength. There's no doubt about it. The upside of Justin Fields is tremendous. And did the Bears put him in the best position possible? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They did not. But irregardless, the Bears find themselves in a unique position where they have the first overall pick. And this year is different than last year. This year is different than last year because this year, Justin Fields had his chance. Everybody said, all the Bears fans, all you Justin Fields lovers out there, last year said, awesome. He's got another year. He's going to turn the corner. He's going to rock and roll. Let's go. Guess what? He puked. Justin Fields puked. The whole team puked. You know, Luke Getzky, the offensive coordinator. Here's the thing, right? So you had three problems with the Chicago Bears. You had the coaching was a problem. The offensive line was a problem. And the quarterback was a problem. Okay? Now, as far as the offensive line is concerned, you know, they they, they did... They did, you know, like I said, Darnell Wright, I thought was a good pickup. So, so they did improve, right? The offensive line wasn't horrible. We're going to get into that here in just a couple of seconds. Offensive coordinator, Luke Getzky, just didn't work out. You know, I'm not, I'm not convinced that Luke Getzky was a horrible offensive coordinator looking back at it. I thought he ran a whole lot of screen passes. Everybody thought that. If you watch Chicago Bears, he, he loved the screen pass, but 
Was that because Justin Fields couldn't couldn't find an open receiver? He didn't know how to how to uh, address an open wide receiver in the first three seconds or the first three steps of the drop back. Could he not read his his routes? You know, it kind of seems like it. But the Bears addressed that issue. They went ahead and fired Luke Getzky and all the offensive coordinators, all the all the positional coaches. Everybody's wiped out. Right. So the Bears have addressed that issue. Now, the third issue is the quarterback. And are they going to address it? And I'm here to tell you, the Bears are going to address the quarterback problem with the 2024 draft. Justin Fields is going to be traded. He is going to be traded. And it's not that I don't like Justin Fields. I just don't trust Justin Fields. I really don't. I don't think Justin Fields is a guy that I can trust in the fourth quarter down by three with three minutes left with the ball that can even get us in the field goal range, let alone score a touchdown. I just don't feel like it. Now you got to look at the offensive line. We're going to go ahead and address that now. I said there was three, three situations that need to be addressed. Okay. You've got the offensive line would be the third one. Now, we you, you look at you look at a guy like you know Trevon Jenkins. Great year, very good. PFF rating seventy two point nine, tenth among six to sixty five qualifying offensive guards. I give him an A. Uh, I thought he was awesome. His uh, long block success rate was eighty nine point five three percent. That was ranked first on the team. Okay. Now you go down to Braxton Jones, left tackle. I give him a C plus, PFF grade of 68.7, 33 among 70 qualifying offensive tackles, but not horrible. He, I would say he's slightly above average, okay? I would say he's slightly above average. Obviously, we've already talked about, you know, Darnell Wright. Had a solid rookie season. You know, uh, Nate gave it, Nate Davis, right guard. I I would I would say he's got a fifty two point nine PFF rating, slightly above average. A uh, little bit of a disappointing season last year. Had a blocking rate success rate of eighty four point nine five percent, ranked third on the team. Uh, obviously, our center was terrible. Was absolutely terrible. I'd give him an F. Not even going to bring up his name because he's he's gone. But you know you've got you've got guys that that uh, are still out there on the team. Jay or Carter, not horrible. C plus rating. And then you know obviously Cody Whitehair. We all know that terrible. I just brought up his name anyway, but whatever. So now you find yourself in the draft at nine, maybe, maybe odds there from Notre Dame. You know, I don't know. You've got $90 million in cap cap space. The Bears are going to do what they got to do to address the offensive line, whether it be the draft or free agency, right? So that was the third issue is the line, and that's a slow process to correct. I think everybody knows that. So 
Justin Fields. He's gone. The Bears are going to draft Caleb Williams. There is no doubt in my mind the Bears are drafting Caleb Williams. The Bears are, was an eight and nine team last year, um, I believe, and uh, seven and seven to ten. Sorry, and and um, you know that's that's pretty good for a team that has the first pick, um, and and they got a good defense. Um, they got good players on offense, um, and and you know it's it's pretty exciting. You know if you could go into a situation like that. You know, here's the thing about Caleb Williams, right? So, so let's just go ahead and jump into the the draft class or the quarterback class when it comes to quarterbacks. Obviously, you have Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels are the clear top three runners. Now, I've listened to a lot of press conferences. I've listened to a lot of media coverage throughout the combine, before the combine, after, you know, everybody's done kind of pretty much now. I think wide receivers are going tomorrow. But outside of that, you know, everybody's kind of, you listen to Caleb Williams talk, right? He talks about how he works in the offseason, his fundamentals. He looks up. His favorite quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. He, in fact, had biometrics done on his throwing process and compared it to Aaron Rodgers and see how he could prove he can improve his accuracy, his footwork, his mechanics to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, what's not to love about that? You've got a guy in Caleb Williams who just wants to win football games. You're talking about a kid that's loyal, followed his coach to USC, had a great, great season two years ago, Heisman winner. Following year, defense was dismal. I think they gave up like 40 points a game. Didn't have the greatest wide receivers, had a terrible offensive line, and still managed, still managed to just to just ball out of control. I mean, if you look at his stats, right? Uh 2021, um, you know, 1900 yards, 9.1% average, or 9.1 yard average, 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. 2022 Heisman year, right? 66.6% completion passage, 4,537 yards, 9.1 average, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions. Five interceptions to 42 touchdowns. 2023, again, bad offensive line, decent receivers, terrible defense. Tried to do a lot. Tried to carry that team probably harder than he should have, but that's what you want. You want diversity. That's another thing. That 2023 season for Caleb Williams, everybody's talking about he cried or what happened to Notre, you know, in that Notre Dame game. Listen, that wasn't the same team he had in 2022. And he still had a 68.7% completion percentage, 3,633 yards. 30 touchdowns to five interceptions. So the last three years, he's thrown 14 interceptions. In the last two years, he's thrown 10. Justin Fields threw 10 last year. 10 interceptions last year for Justin Fields. Now, what are the Bears going to do if they draft Caleb Williams? And first of all, let me just go ahead and clarify this when it comes to the NFL draft and the quarterbacks. 
that are out there, right? So you, obviously you have you have Caleb Williams, who is by far the clear number one quarterback in the NFL draft. Then you've got Drake May, right? Who a lot of people have Drake May climbing down. Climbing down the board, right? And then you got Jaden Daniels, who seems to be coming up the board. But you ask anybody in the NFL, they will all tell you, by far and none, Caleb Williams is in a league of his own. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, whoever else you want to throw in there, you know, I, you know, there's, there seems like you know Michael Penix is 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 climbing up the board. Um, you've got, you've got JJ McCarthy, who's, who's climbing up the board. This happens every year, right? All these quarterbacks start sliding up, What you thought was a 20th pick overall with JJ McCarthy might go in the top 15, you know, and again, JJ McCarthy is a good quarterback. He just didn't show a lot on tape for me that I, I could even really look at because his running game was so good and their defense was so potent. He's a great game manager, but he wasn't on a team like Caleb Williams. I'm telling you, Caleb Williams is an absolute stud. Listen to this. I don't think I'm, that I'm not going to be number one. Um, I think I put in all the, all the hard work, um, all of the, you know, the time, effort, energy um, into, into, you know, being that, um, so, you know, I don't think of a plan B. That's, that's kind of how I do. That's what you want in an NFL quarterback. That is what you want in a draft. That is what you're looking for when it comes to looking at a player and his determination to win. And Caleb Williams wants to win. He's decided that he he's not in it for the money, guys. I, I hope you realize this. I don't know if you've done any research on Caleb Williams. His dad might be a little questionable, might be a little money hungry, but Caleb Williams is not. Caleb Williams wants to win, and he wants to go into an organization, and he said it. I want everybody from, from you know, the coach staff, the coaching staff, all the way down to the guy mopping the floor. I want everybody in that locker room, everybody in that building. Their only, the only focus is winning football games. He said that exactly. And that is the kind of guy you're looking for in a quarterback prospect and probably a generational prospect at that. I don't know if there's any quarterback, you know, everybody compares him to Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes 2.0. There's not going to be another Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He went into a system with Andy Reid. We don't have that luxury, right? The Bears have have ruined every quarterback that has ever walked onto that field, except for maybe Sid Luckman and Jim McMahon. Outside of that, it's been absolutely abysmal. Jay Cutler was kind of average at best, right? Obviously, Justin Fields isn't working out. So the Bears don't have a great history of of maturing quarterbacks and and finding their guy, but they've also never drafted a quarterback at number one. The Bears have never drafted a prospect like Caleb Williams. I'm telling you right now, this kid is special. 
He is special, and the Bears find themselves in a unique position also being at number nine. So you've got the Bears at one, Commanders at two, the New England Patriots at three, Arizona Cardinals at four, the Chargers at five, the Giants at six, Tennessee Titans are seven, Atlanta Falcons are eight. So the Bears also have a chance to find a generational talent with a wide receiver like a Roma Dunze, who I think will still be there at nine. Joe Ott might be there at nine, offensive lineman from Notre Dame. You know, there's there's going to be, the Bears have a unique position at number nine to snake a really, really good generational player. Now, not only do you have an opportunity to get Caleb Williams and run him on a rookie contract for the next five years, let's look at Justin Fields. Okay, again, he's so... Justin Fields is going into year four in his contract. The salary cap hit's going to be $9 million. If they bear, if the Bears pick up his fifth-year option, that's $25 million. Cheap money, right, for the next two years. But let's just look at what the quarterbacks are bringing in this market value now. Now, keep in mind, the NFL has raised the salary cap, so these numbers are going to skyrocket when it comes to new contracts. Patrick Mahomes, $450 million. Joe Burrow, $275 million. Justin Herbert, $262 million. Lamar Jackson, $260 million. Josh Allen, $258 million. Jalen Hurts, $255 million. Russell Wilson, $242 million. Kyler Murray, $230 million. Deshaun Watson, this is crazy, $230 million. And all of it is guaranteed money for the Cleveland Browns. Now, Matthew Stafford, $160 million. Daniel Jones, $160 million. Daniel Jones, the New York Giants. Justin Fields is arguably in that boat. He's probably somewhere between Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones. So you're talking $230 million at worst case or at best case scenario for the Chicago Bears, $160 million on a four-year deal. Now, would you pay Justin Fields that kind of money seeing what you've saw in the last three years? So that's what you got to ask yourself, and that's what Ryan Poles has to ask himself and, and the Bears' front press. If we keep Justin Fields and we pass on a generational quarterback that we can, we can, we can get cheap for the next five years, are we going to pass and pay Justin Fields if we keep him anywhere between $160 million and $230 million on a four- or five-year contract and probably a guaranteed minimum of $130 million? Uh, no. I'm sorry. I'm going to pass. Even if Justin Fields performed better than he did last year, I'm going to pass because he's just he's not worth that kind of money when you have an opportunity to draft a guy like Caleb Williams. When you have a guy that you can draft like Caleb Williams, that's what you do at number one. That's what Ryan Poles is going to do because he's not going to pass on this talent. He's not going to do it. He passed on a quarterback last year. I thought he had reservations doing that, and I can tell you right now if Caleb Williams went and declared in the draft last year, the Bears would have dropped fields then like a fly and drafted Caleb Williams. So. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Andy Mazo. Have a great night.